All right, everybody, welcome back to the Kicking the Tires show, or the Kicking Show, as uh, Justin has uh, so aptly named us. We've got Justin Schuler, Seth Eggert, Zach Catanzaretti, the staff of uh, Kicking the Tires. Sarah's not with us tonight. Some are not with us. Matt's at working. Uh, Rachel, your uh, better half, is in. Uh, I guess she decided not to join us. Uh, but, you know, invite her on. We would love to have her here on the Kicking Show. But this is episode three. <coughs> Welcome, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. Lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, we've got uh, Bubba Wallace. Right after we actually did the episode last week, we had Bubba Wallace announcing uh, that he is leaving Richard Petty Motorsports at the end of the season. So we, we'll be talking about and debating ideas on where he's going to go and if that was a good choice for his career. Uh, we'll be evaluating the Cup race because, if you notice, no cautions except for the competition and the two stage. Uh, stage completions, so we'll be talking about some tire fall-off and if there's any fault anywhere. Um, we'll be looking at some of the playoff drivers, a uh, couple drivers who are starting off extremely hot, a couple drivers who are slumping out and uh, on the outside looking in, and then uh, obviously Justin Allgaier winning both back-to-back races at Richmond for the doubleheader weekend. I think that gets him a shot at the uh, 48. <laughs> We're coming out of the gate hot, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) I just had to throw that, you know, Molotov cocktail out there. Uh, Zach, what you got going? You're going to be at Bristol this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be my ninth consecutive cup race this year. Lucky turd. Pretty insane. Yeah. (laughs) And I've somehow managed to put together a career-high streak. Um, And it's going to be my 100th cup race as a reporter. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a really special weekend for me, and I can't think of a better time a place to do it i mean bristol's freaking epic i love it um i was glad i was there i've been able to cover there for a few years but i did the night race last year and just to get the sense of that different type of atmosphere and, and energy i'm glad there's going to be uh, some fans there uh, the all-star race was fun this year but just with more on the line with the uh, cup series ending their first round xfinity ending their regular season and the truck series starting their playoffs, it's it's pretty much a big weekend overall for all three series. I guess this is where I should say, somebody write a story about this being his 100th race or something like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sarah usually does those pieces. She should uh, hey, I, I, hey, I do them too. I just haven't had time this year, unfortunately, with other yeah. things going on. <laughs> hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just celebrate with the end and uh, just be thankful that we've got you here. Uh, with with us at Kicking the Tires, as uh, for for those that don't know, you're one of the the longest tenured. I don't know what you were thinking when you said, "Hey, I want to come over here and work with you at Kicking." But I'm glad you did. It's been fun. So, uh, Seth, yeah. what uh, what, what's your week? Uh, what's your week weekend looking up like? I know you've got a lot of iRacing racing stuff going on, and aren't we sponsored something tonight? Uh, yeah, we sponsored Heat Two of the Off Axis 500, which is a charity race with uh, Mission Christmas. Uh, it's actually going on right now. I had the stream up on my phone, but apparently I don't have a subscription to Pit Road TV, so it cut off after lap 12. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> you'd think they'd hook the sponsor up with a you know, free feed or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, last I saw, uh, uh, Tim Duggar had barreled uh, – Greg Stumpf pole vaulted over the pit wall, and TJ Majors was leading. Hey. Uh, Otherwise, uh, just covering the races from home, uh, unfortunately, I am self-quarantining at least until Friday when test results come back, Uh, hopefully. If if you're not sick by now, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise... um, Basically, iRacing stuff, uh, just got my uh, throwback car set up for the Monday Night League. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's on my Twitter uh, and on my Facebook as well. I'm throwing back to uh, Dick Trickle's uh, 1985 ASA Championship car. That's a great segue for me because I want to do my throwback for the race to Mark Martin <laughs> and the Viagra car. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you can have Dick Trickle. I'll take Mark Martin in the Viagra car. I can't make that car, so I've got to have somebody try to put that one together for me. Uh, Paul Sutton, he's the one who made mine, and he knocked it out of the park. Uh, so definitely okay. reach I out saw to it. him. Looks good. Uh, 
Otherwise, iRacing, uh, next week you have the Coke Series at Las Vegas, and you have the iRacing Road to Pro Series there, season finale at Phoenix at the same time. So I'm going to have to figure out how to cover both. <laughs> because Two I laptops. Can't, uh, I do have the laptop and I have the desktop, so I can probably uh, work that out. Boom. So now that we've thrown Justin's run of show completely out the window and I've screwed everything <laughs> up. Justin, let's, let's get back on track and, uh, you know, we'll reel it in here and uh, you tell us what we need to talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, we'll get back on track by talking about someone that uh, is risking himself to not be on track next season, though I don't see that happening, obviously. But Bubba Wallace announcing he's leaving RPM at the end of 2020. Um, did this catch you guys off guard? No. No. Uh, in the end, no, honestly. No. Um, all right, so then, obviously, that begs the question that everyone on NASCAR Reddit and NASCAR Twitter is all rumoring about. <laughs> um, he's going to the 48 car, right? Actually, we have no clue. But where do you guys think he's going? Denny Hamlin, the 13 <laughs> charter with Jordan Hamlin Racing. I'm just telling mm, you, Denny and Bubba are tight, okay? No, there's no secret that, that Denny wants to work something out. It, my understanding is it's going to be a... Toyota-backed, uh, Denny Hamlin push, Michael Jordan type thing partnership, you know, and, and now I, I'll say this: I don't know that that Michael Jordan's involved in it, other than I know Denny Hamlin is involved with Michael Jordan in their their business dealings together. Well, but I have heard that Denny Hamlin wanted to start a team. He wanted to put Bubba in the car, and they were going after the 13 charter which is where Ty Dillon Well, and those at. two have been working together for a while. That's no secret there either. Hamlin and, and Michael Jordan, right. those two have been trying to figure something right. out for a while. So that yeah, didn't come uh, out of left field. Uh, I mean, Michael Jordan sponsors both of Hamlin's uh, uh, eSports cars in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Mm -hmm. So it, and not only that, if I, <laughs> not only that, if I remember correctly, one of Denny's truck series wins at Martinsville. Uh, his sponsor was Jordan Brand. Uh, I believe you're right. I remember that. I think it was about ten years ago now, but that it does ring a bell. Uh, Jordan Brand being victory lane at least once in NASCAR before. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the, the natural question is always to go to like where he's going to go. Uh, but the first thing I think of when anytime I see a driver. Do something this gutsy. I mean, I think of Matt DiBenedetto just a couple years yeah. ago. He was in a similar situation uh, and ended up working out great. Then it worked out fantastic, you know, going from LFR to now Wood Brothers. And you think about Bubba, and um, I was watching that Dale Jr. download today, and uh, Justin Allgaier was on, and he had he had a great story to tell from his cup experience uh, when he was in the 51, uh, struggled for a couple years there, and he just said – when you get that feeling, which is that feeling that Bubba's getting right now, that you want to move on, you want to do something different, uh, you take it. And you almost don't care if it doesn't work out because you would always regret if you don't take that chance on yourself. And you always wonder what would have happened if I went with my gut feeling. And, and you can spin that around and say, oh, what if I stayed? What if he stays in this 43? Maybe something will come up next year. But then you're not going with your gut feeling. And I think as a driver and just as a person, that's what really gets to your head. And uh, it's it's a weird timing, I will say that, in a way, because his improvement this, this year has been pretty strong. Um, his top 10s are career high, uh, lead lap finishes, average finish, championship ranking, they're all up, all career highs. And you wonder why he would give it up now, now that he's aligned with, you know, with what RPM is doing with Chevy. They're finally starting to get their act together a little bit. His experience is kind of meeting that. Uh, but I think it's finally aligned with him. And I think he knows, even though all of his numbers are improving, I think he knows that his worth is improving as well. And he knows that he's worth a lot more than he was a couple years ago. So he wants to do something different, which I admire a lot. Uh, Corey LaJoy is in a similar situation. But mm -hmm. it, it is something to respect. But it's also a huge question mark on where he's going and uh, that Hamlin Jordan thing sounds interesting. I hope that happens. <laughs> Be cool to see someone like Michael Jordan have more of an involvement in the sport. Um, I know Bubba's really popular in the garage, so I, I feel like he has a lot riding behind him. 
want to interject something here on, on the 43 car. Look, no disrespect to Richard Petty, but we all know they have not been burning up the track, okay? Bubba has done better than he should, in all honesty, in those cars. And this is his opportunity because yeah, there's another rumor going around or whatever, however you want to speculate on it. But I got a text this week that RPM is leaving the RCR campus. So I don't know. Hmm. And, and RPM has bounced around before. So it's not like that's a, a you know, that wouldn't be earth shattering news. But does RPM have the speed to take a driver that's as popular as Bubba and who can bring in some money, especially right now with everything else that's going on in the world? Do they have what they need to put a car underneath him? And I don't think they do. And I don't think anybody can argue that with me uh, to say that RPM is just all of a sudden going to come out of the gate and be a powerhouse team again. They haven't been a powerhouse team in years. So to see him go to a new team, a new organization, fresh blood, Toyota backing, if that's what it is, more power to Bubba. Because, look, Bubba has done me some favors in the past with fans and appearances and things that he didn't have to do. And I, I owe him immensely uh, from a friend standpoint for, for, what he, for what he did. He doesn't realize that that was very important to me back when I was doing Chasing the Chase for him to show up at a fan event where there was just, you know, 20 or 25 people, but they wanted to see him and Ryan Blaney. And uh, that was really cool for them to come out and do that. So I want to see him do well, and I want to see him do well in a good car. So, uh, you know, more power to uh, Denny and them if that's what they've got working. Yeah, cool. Well, hey, uh, let's talk about the uh, the races this past weekend at, at Richmond. Um, let's start with the Xfinity Series race. Allgaier winning both of them uh, with a doubleheader weekend. Um, Allgaier leading 213 of the 500 total laps. Uh, the only other driver to finish in the top five for both races besides Allgaier winning, uh, Ross Chastain. So we got a couple drivers there. Uh, pretty solid both weekends. Justin Haley, one spot shy of uh, being able to match that, uh, finishing sixth um, during, I think, sat oh, Saturday's race on the 11th. But um, what did you guys think of the uh, Xfinity race um, for that? That Algar kid might turn out to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, to a certain point, they were both uneventful. Uh, granted, uh, the... One on nine eleven, uh, the Friday night, uh, had a couple incidents early on. Otherwise, the one on Saturday, other than the late incident between Riley Herbst and Brandon Brown, there it was a mm -hmm. fairly tame weekend for the Xfinity series and overall at Richmond. Yeah, I, I was interested to see how the racing, you know, to, to Seth's point, I mean, it was probably the most tame weekend I've ever I've ever covered. And I was interested from the start of the truck race, which is at night, uh, the Xfinity race at night, that we had a day race in between. Interested to see what the differences were. Not not a whole lot. Um, they, they just kind of kept their stuff together and, and you know, just kind of touching on Allgaier a bit. I mean, gosh, he's, he's been so fast with JRM ever since he joined. I think it was 2016 he joined and uh, these last couple of years. Uh, he had that one breakout year with five wins, but he's always had a tough time closing on victories. He's just, he's found every way to do it, whether it's him making mistakes or if it's a, a bad pit stop, bad restart. Caution comes out late and everyone rushes to pit road and he ends up losing it. I mean, just something happens. Uh, so for him to get the win back at Dover a few weeks ago and now have back-to-back -back wins, a weekend that went without problems for him, or at least significant problems, it was a, uh, pretty insane to see and uh i mean not not surprising in the sense that you know you know that he has that speed and he can do that every week he can win but uh just as i mentioned it's just all the stuff that ha that happens to that 17 uh you're just like yeah i'm not buying this yeah. he, he's out leading by 10 seconds two laps to go eh, i'm still not buying it uh so this time nothing happened and he came out with two wins i was a uh, pretty impressive for those guys we on the season yeah man. i feel like Algar and ryan blaney kind of have had that that yeah. bad luck monkey yeah. on their shoulder all season long both of them having yeah. one win before richmond obviously um but yeah multiple times where they should have won um going into that so they go to bristol uh they're racing friday night uh for the uh finale of their regular season then they then they start their playoffs um i don't think we really have a close points battle because 
Clem. It's about it's about forty nine points if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Brandon Brown holding the last spot. Jeremy Clements the first one out. Uh, everybody else essentially has to win to get in. Uh, so, and of those who are on the outside looking in, uh, you have Clements, Mike Snyder, Alex LeBay, Josh Williams, Jesse Little, Tommy Joe Martins. Unless there's a weird strategy or we have a chaotic race. Yeah or weather, I don't see any of them, at least with the equipment that they have, uh, going to victory lane. So it's Bristol, so you're saying a weird strategy, chaotic race, or weather. So <laughs> my last four trips to Bristol have been weird strategies, chaotic races, and weather. Okay, Yeah. so, yeah. so we're pretty much on track. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I covered... I think there was one that I covered uh, two years ago in which it got rain delayed. We continued the next day, and at the end of the race, it started snowing. Yes, yes, I was oh there. My gosh. That was the, yeah. That's the uh, that's the same race where we were standing with Garrett Smithley in the parking lot, and fans asked me and Matt Weaver for our <laughs> autographs and didn't realize that there was a real NASCAR oh. driver next to us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Poor no. Garrett. Did but, Garrett uh, play it, along? It, it, I feel it, like Garrett would be someone that would yeah, play did. along and he be did. like, can I get your autograph? <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he, he played yeah, along. He, but he then would. we told he the would. guy. Then we told the guy, and it was uh, it was cool. He was like, oh, that, my God. That's uh, funny. Uh, yeah, sim I, a similar thing happened at uh, the K1 Speed charity race last year. Uh, somebody went up to uh, Todd Gilland asking for his autograph and then walked off. Meanwhile, I'm standing there interviewing Mike Snyder, and Mike's looking around like, did they not know I'm a driver? <laughs> they didn't care, Myatt. But here's the thing. Myatt actually has a better resume than probably Todd Gilliland. And I like both these guys. And Myatt, and I need to get Myatt on the show because he raced the European Series. Yeah. Mm, He's yeah. gone overseas wow. and raced and did pretty well. So yeah. uh, I need I need to call him and get him on get him to come on the show. That'd be heck cool. yeah. Let's do that. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the cup race then because that one was uh, definitely had a lot going on. Uh, three cautions <laughs> in total: one for the competition caution and two for stage completions. Um, and Brad Keselowski off of well, pretty much just better pit timing and better pit cycles than everyone else. Um, pretty much. Uh, walked away with that win, leading 192 laps. Austin Dillon almost sneaking away with another win on that pit strategy just didn't quite fall uh, in his hands. Um, but let's talk about the uh, the no cautions. Um, a lot of fans uh, chiming in on Twitter, giving their NASCAR opinion on that. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think uh, of that, With, uh, with whether it's tire fall off or just uh, cars being, like, quote, unquote, easy to drive or whatever? What do you guys think of that? We've always had races uh, what, uh, in which they went caution-free even before we had stage races. Friends, they were few and far between, but it was always something that happened naturally every now and then. And it just felt like this weekend was one of those weekends in which we weren't going to have any natural cautions, so to speak. Uh, yes, we had a few moments here and there with Austin Dillon missing pit road or uh, Martin Trips Jr. missing pit road. Mm -hmm. But outside that, we didn't have many moments. Maybe uh, Jimmy Johnson tagging the wall and NASCAR and NBC didn't catch it, but apparently it was contact between him and Bubba. And when Jimmy got loose, he may have been trying to uh, go back after Bubba. But outside of that, there weren't many on-track incidents. I can guarantee you, and I will bet money if anybody wants to take this, <laughs> that we don't go caution-free this weekend in the cup race. At <laughs> Just saying. I'm willing to give, like, three-to-one odds if anybody would like to, you know, take that bet. Well, I wouldn't take that. You bet 500, I, I'll put up 15, <laughs> and, you know, we'll see what well, happens. as long as uh, – I was actually going through stats uh, at, at my other job. I didn't have anything to do, so I was actually looking through different stats – Bristol actually has the longest caution 
99 laps for rain in an, in the 60s. Wow. So that's definitely yeah. not going to happen. But, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. you can make you can make you can make fifteen hundred dollars of my money right now if you bet five hundred <laughs> that there will be no cautions this weekend at Bristol. Then I would lose five hundred for sure. Like somebody's going to probably that's caught. That's why you're getting odds. That's why it's a bet that you're taking a risk. It could be just like last week. Yeah. <laughs> See, I keep on going by track history most of the time, which is why Richmond, something like that wouldn't surprise me. If there was probably one track I would pick to have a caution free race, it literally may have been Richmond. Like after the truck and Xfinity mm -hmm. races, I predicted that it was going to go caution free. And I can't believe I was that like it actually happened. But I may, like, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to, I was going to chime in. I may be mistaken, but I think we've actually gone caution free at Talladega one time. Too. We yeah, have. Sure. I thought we did. Ago. I thought yeah. we did. So yeah. it can happen anywhere. We've had, a, we've had a, yeah. I think both road courses too have gone caution free. And one of the uh, old races at Ontario went caution free, I believe. So yeah, Sonoma was a remarkably clean track, but and Richmond's right in that. I mean, the last, uh, the last four straight races had five or less cautions and, that's during the stage era, so it's really like three yellows a race. And mm -hmm. uh, the cup race tied the least amount of cautions since 1982. And obviously, none of these were like for real cautions. So it was basically uh, yellow free. And uh, the Xfinity race was kind of on par regular. They had, uh, I believe, five in both. And the trucks, it was their first race there in 15 years, but it was the least cautions ever in the, in the 12 prior races. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Seth said it. It's just something that happens here and there. Richmond seems like a a more simple track to race. I've, I mean, I've never been on it, but just watching it, uh, just how the front stretch is, is curved, I mean, it kind of just leads you into turn one and two. Now, before you know it, you're already in that corner. You kind of roll through there. Uh, turn three is probably tough, but, I mean, when it comes to the exit of four, that front stretch is so arced kind of just leads you right to there. So I feel like they kind of just get around and they get into a rhythm. Uh, it's a fairly wide, mm -hmm. pretty wide for a short yeah. track, you know, and we see multiple grooves. So there's just a lot out there for the drivers. And uh, yeah, we didn't see any phantom debris cautions uh, this time. We didn't see NASCAR throwing a fake yellow at the end, which I don't know if that's ever happened before, but we haven't seen it lately. That's Martin Truex Jr. No yeah, he, yeah, he's always going to say. Or, or Matt Kenseth. Or Matt Kenseth, either one. Yeah, or Clint Boyer yeah. about uh, how his wrist is feeling. That was something different. That, and that was right here at Richmond, too. Yeah, yeah, Richmond, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, I've never raced Richmond either. Um, but from my experience being behind the wheel, uh, yeah, Richmond's definitely wider. That the the exit of turn two is a lot trickier than a lot of people think because that wall comes up on you fast, and and the exit yeah. of two is actually a, a pretty blind turn, especially if you're in the middle of the pack. So uh, that that exit of two is is pretty tough, and and really the 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 hardest part about f uh, three and four is figuring out when and where you got to come back in the gas like regularly because you can come back pretty early and that wall kind of skates away from you because it kind of, it's kind of got that D oval on it. Um, so it kind of arcs yeah. away. And they're, they're always, they're always really hot on the gas. You always see them off of mm -hmm. four and they slide sideways a little bit. They usually leave some burn marks on the road because they're just testing how far they can, they can push that rubber before the adhesion just breaks. Yeah. So that's one cool part about the track. But uh, yeah, as we see, it doesn't lead to too much carnage that maybe some people expect from a, not only a short track, but a playoff short track race. Yeah, well, something else that people may not have expected. Two guys have started off the playoffs with both races at Darlington and Richmond eh, with top five finishes. Joey Logano being one of them. I think everyone, if you were to ask if you could pick two drivers, Joey Logano may have been in a good chunk of people's lists. Um, but the other one, I can guarantee you, was probably in uh, very few people's lists. Uh, probably only uh, fans of the number three car. And that was Austin Dillon, obviously finishing second at Darlington in the Southern 500. And fourth this weekend, two guys starting off pretty hot with consistency. I know Harvick's got the win, and now Keselowski uh, has got the win. But these two guys are starting off pretty well, too. Sure, you know, um, obviously with Logano, uh, I think I, I picked him to be in my final four earlier this year. Um, Austin Dillon, though, that is somewhat surprising, except for the fact that I remember Richard telling me, and I think he told everyone as well, but 
they had something for the playoffs. And hmm. apparently they weren't bluffing. So good to see Austin, you know, making a run, almost stealing a couple of wins there. And look, don't be surprised. Uh, he could he could pull something off this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm I did not have these two picked to be like if we were looking at this stat two weeks ago, I would not have picked these two to be the only guys with two top fives, especially Dylan. I mean, you can have like one breakout run like Darlington and just obviously the top two getting wrecked out. He was still going to finish fourth, which is pretty strong. Uh, but for him to nearly win, that surprised me. But off the start, he was one guy who I watched. And uh, I believe it was Harvick, Logano, and then him. And they kind of broke out. It was those top three. Like, all right, Austin's showing a little bit of speed here. He's staying with the top two. He's got a gap on fourth. And then he passed Logano. Then he passed Harvick. And uh, the run kind of kept going. And he just kept leading. And uh, he led a career-high amount of laps that night. And uh, ultimate sleeper, for sure. I, I really didn't. I definitely didn't have him out of the round of 16. And now after two races, he's in as good a shape as Martin Truex. Yeah. Truex is 38 points up and he's 36. Unbelievable. I really didn't see that coming. So I, I guess they did have something saved. And uh, I think Joey, he's also saving his best possibly around now. He's, he started the year off tremendously. Uh, both his wins came before uh, the lockdown. Uh, none since then, but I mean, he nearly won Bristol back in back in the May race, and uh, but this is his first time with consecutive top fives this year, which uh, really surprised me. Uh, so maybe he's on to something, and you know, Brad won, and uh, I mean, Blaney De Benedetto, of course, are in a different era. We're gonna get to that, but um, I think these two guys for sure um, are those type of surprises that I love to see in the playoffs, even though we're a little early here. For me, Logano isn't that much of a surprise. Austin, a little bit. It's more of a surprise for, say, Harvick not getting a top five in both races. Now, for Harvick, uh, at least at Richmond, in part it's because of that speeding penalty that he had in stage two. He was able to rally back and finish 10th in the stage, but with the tire wear or non-existent tire wear, depending on how you're looking at it, it was just difficult to pass, so mm -hmm. he wasn't able to really get up and back into the top five. So for him, it's more, I guess, a little bit of a disappointment that he didn't even finish top five. But then again, he's already locked into the next round. Right. Yeah. If he had some restarts, I think he would have been right up there with those yeah. guys, I feel. But he didn't have any. Yeah. And, and to Jerry's point, I wonder if RCR does have something because Tyler Reddick has, uh, has been running – a little bit stronger in both races. I know Darlington didn't quite have the finish to show for it, but um, 11th here at Richmond um, and highest non-playoff driver. And in fact, he beat six playoff drivers. So um, including one of them being the other hot driver, uh, Denny Hamlin. So um, going to have to keep an eye on that three car. I know, uh, I know that'll be an interesting just one to see how far he can take it off in the playoffs or even maybe who knows, sneak his way into the final four. Um, but let's talk about the opposite side of that spectrum. Uh, two drivers that are below the cutoff line and are so far deep, pretty much are looking at uh, a, a need-to-win situation. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, it, it's nothing against Matt, but not, not surprised that he is below the cut line, to say the least. But uh, one that is a surprise is Ryan Blaney, who has been pretty hot all year uh competing for wins multiple times now sits uh well well below the cut line with maddie d the good news for both of these guys however they are strong at bristol we all know the cinderella story with matt de benedetto in the 95 car almost getting that win until hamlin uh hunted him down after contact with newman uh, in the closing laps and de benedetto getting his first career second place finish um, and Blaney's been hot at Bristol for, gosh, I feel like three out of the last four times we've been here, uh, he's been one in the talks about uh, coming up for a win in the closing laps. So if you were to pick one of these two drivers to make it in, which one do you think has the better chance to uh, win on Saturday night, Ryan Blaney or Matt Benedetto? Zach? Um, I think realistically, I'll answer your question, but realistically, I think neither are going to win. I think Byron's probably going to get in and Al is going to be out. That's Ooh. how I'm looking at it now. 
But picking between these two, um, Laney, yeah, I'd have to pick him. His, uh, his Bristol finishes aren't anything special at all, but his performance has been top of the line. Uh, definitely one of his, uh, his better race tracks. Uh, over 400 laps led in just the last two years there. Um, three straight top 10s going into the May race this year, but, I mean, we know a top 10 probably isn't going to cut it, mm-hmm. you know, to make it, um, unless he kicks some tail in the stages. Um, I, I think he's going to probably end up at least a top five. I mean, he's going to need some help from, you know, Byron, Custer, and then the guys above the cut line. Um, but it, I think if we're looking at a win, um, I'll probably have to go with him. He just he, – he has shown me more of a consistent – he has a trend of coming to Bristol with a winning car and showing that winning speed. And we just haven't, the Benedetto hasn't had as much time in that type of equipment. We saw what he did last year in the 95, but in this past May race, he was pretty decent. But uh, I think just the type of laps that he has around him and the competition we've seen from these guys, uh, I think Blaney is the, is the clear choice, at least for me. Next. Uh, well, for me, um, honestly, if I had to pick one of the two to win, I'd probably go with Matthew Vendetta, mainly for the Cinderella kind of story. That being said, as far as who would be the one going out, because for him to win, somebody gets knocked mm-hmm. out. I'm not looking as much at Boyer or Marola Maybe a Kurt Busch or a Kyle Busch, even, I would say, would be knocked out. Because with the nature of Bristol, I look at Blaney back in May, he was leading the race and just couldn't avoid a wrecked car because of how fast Bristol is and the reaction time there. So I'm almost wondering if maybe we get a shocker not only going into the playoffs or continuing in the playoffs, but Shocker falling out of the playoffs. Interesting. Okay, so so to whoever will take the three to one bet on caution, <laughs> if you'll flip it around, <laughs> I'll put up a double or nothing five hundred to your three to one, and you can either lose a thousand or win three thousand. Um, nuts! But, That's a lot of money. It's, it, the odds are uh, you could win it. I'll, I'll pay it. You have to hit both. You have to hit both bets. But I'll take Matty D five hundred if you give me three to one odds. But you have to take the caution bet for five hundred flipped with three to one the other way. So here's the deal. I'm pretty much guaranteed a thousand dollar winner no matter what on that bet, <laughs> except for there is another little wrench that you could throw in here. Seth, you said Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush might be uh, one or the other. Be, yeah. Well, hold on a second. Uh-oh. This guy says, no, I'm not <laughs> going out. Okay. Are you going to win? Yes. Yes. I have a good record at Bristol. I'm going to win. So. So Jerry's hiding behind numbers and bobbleheads. <laughs> Statistics. Well, well, what, what I'm saying is more so with the nature of Bristol, just one mistake. It doesn't even have to be something that Kurt or Kyle do, but one mistake, they wreck out early, and very easily somebody else could knock them out. Mm-hmm. Not just uh, not just with a win, but even on points. Yeah. Because they're only about 15 above the cut line. Bobblehead Kurt says that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's the other thing I was looking at too is, you know, we have we have two guys that are pretty far below the cutoff line, but that cut line from Kurt Busch, Almarola, Boyer and Byron between those four guys, two of them being above, two below, that's that's a lot closer than a lot of people think. So, I mean, you're talking about less than 10 points. What is that a 7-point difference between uh Kurt and Byron right now? So, uh, yeah, and Kyle Busch being only 18 points above the cutoff line. I mean, that's just a couple bad stages despite no matter where you finish. And now he could be uh, within just a few points away from uh, that cutoff line. So um, I can't believe y'all are talking about Kurt and Kyle doing poorly <laughs> at Bristol. Hey, it's Have Bristol, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have you looked at Hey, look, hey look, I think that, we piqued your interest. You yeah. definitely piqued my interest. <laughs> That's so. right. But 
I, I, I just, I don't know much about stats, but I know those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we pretty much know, uh, I think Hamlin is locked in by points. Is that right? Yeah. Hamlin's locked in points. Yeah. So we got three guys, uh, locked yeah, in. like round four. <laughs> yeah. Fright. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so uh, so we know we have three guys locked in. Logano's essentially locked in, locked in unless literally something happens. Lap one, the wheels fall yeah, off. Yeah, uh, so we know that Logano, Truex, um, uh, I would probably draw a faded line there, and then say uh, Dylan Elliott Bowman, and then I would draw my solid line at that top eight being somewhat, but for the most part, safe. Unless something drastically happens to them, um, but those last eight got to drive like it's their last race. They can't assume anything. Um, and I think of all those people that that can uh, testify to that is probably Kyle Busch because he just hasn't won a race this year. And who would have thought at the beginning of this year he he'd still be winless this season? So here's the peak. Here's the peak. Your interest question of the week. Kyle Busch is still winless. Will he stay winless the rest of this year? I say yes. Oh, he doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Kyle Busch bobblehead, but I'll do well, that. Well, I'll, I'm going to say yes. And again, yeah. going back to the trends. Amazon.com <laughs> Busch bobblehead. Okay. But, it's but, all the going, way. but going back to the trends, uh, Every champion has had a winless season recently, whether it's Jimmy mm -hmm. Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart. So it's almost on par with what's gone on recently. I mean, even Keselowski had a winless season a few years ago. So it, it's not yeah. out of the realm of possibility. I was just thinking, I'm, I'm one, because I don't, maybe Seth, you know this, but the last champion to go the next season winless. I know Brad Keselowski I, I, was close, but he I, won. I would have to look that race. up. Yeah, Brad was close in 2013, but he won uh, one of the last playoff races of the year. Uh, I'm probably with Seth. I don't. He can totally win, I think. But uh, sometimes you just get that gut feeling. Your heart will say one thing. That's what you want to happen. Your head is kind of looking at the numbers, and then you got your gut, where you can't really explain. It's just something that something that tells you it's going to happen. Uh, so my, my gut's telling me he's he's not going to win this year. Um, yeah, it just sometimes you, it's just not not your year. I mean, he's having a solid year. Like everyone was kind of comparing it to Tony Stewart's 2011. But yeah. uh, I mean, I think Kyle had 11 top fives entering the playoffs, and Tony had three that year. Yeah. Uh, so just, when it came to just a culmination of 26 races, I mean, Kyle put together far more impressive stats, and just in my head, he's above way above where Tony was. I mean, Tony didn't even think he deserved to be in the playoffs. And uh, in my eye, Kyle absolutely deserves to be there and, and can make it to the final four. But just winning, uh, it's it's just been really tough for him. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be with Seth on that yeah, one. Yeah, and, no. and I'm feeling the same way too. But like you said, not because of lack of performance or the fact that he can win because we obviously know he can. Um, and we know the team, sometimes they, they pull a fast car off the truck and they do well and they get a, you know, a second or a third place finish, which we all know Kyle hates, but, uh, I, I think it's just, some of these guys are just playoff hungry and, and that playoff hungry with some of these drivers is what's going to, um, keep Kyle out of, out of victory lane this year. That's, that's, that's my, that's my instinct. Jerry, what are your thoughts? Has the bobblehead come yet? Has has Amazon Prime uh, drop shipped your <laughs> your thing from one of their drones yet? <laughs> Not yet, but uh, but I I will have uh, I will have a, a KFB bobblehead next week, and uh, we'll ask him if he goes winless for the season. Well, to answer your question, Zach, uh, although technically, but, but wait, but wait, but wait, but wait, I don't think we have to get past very far into Sunday night because I think it's going to be a Bush Palooza in victory lane. So one of them for sure. How many but, wins do they have combined? It's like 15, a bunch. right? <laughs> yeah. A bunch. Yeah. Gosh, I'll, yeah. I'll pull it up real quick. It's nuts. I think Kurt has six and Kyle has like eight or nine. But it's, two. it's very close. It's they're like within one or two of each other because I remember Kurt, saying something about 
how close it was. All right, Kyle okay, Busch. Okay, so Zach. Kyle Busch has eight wins. Yeah. Kurt Busch has six wins. Uh, uh, Kyle with thirty starts, and um, Kurt with thirty-nine starts. But Kurt does have more uh, top tens um, for there. So, so to answer the question of uh, champion going winless next season. The most recent one technically is Alan Kowicki, but that was because he uh, yeah. passed away in a plane crash. The next champion who went winless and competed in the full season the next year, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr., he won the championship in 1980, went winless in 1981. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, one question. How did you find that so fast? <laughs> Because he is a stat genius. Why do you think he worked for kicking the tire? <laughs> that was quick, man. That was 40 years ago. That's insane. That's before y'all were born. I was like way before nine. Uh, well, well, uh, not, not quite quickie. I was alive with quickie. Oh, no, I was talking about Dale Sr. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure every one of y'all was born after 80. Oh, yeah. Yes. 90. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 91. Yeah. Yeah, y'all are youngins. Youngins. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else we got to talk about or? Well, you know, I do have one thing that I want to talk about. We had a an iRacing event, Monday Night Racing, again this week. As uh, If you want to have some fun, go watch the Kicking the Tires Monday Night Racing League. Um, there's always something to talk about and controversy and maybe some, <laughs> uh, some arrogance. And that's what this is about. I beat Ron Caps at Darlington. Ron Caps, you know that guy at that drives like cars that go like 300 miles an hour. Yeah. Hi, Ron. But he, Ron, Ron was, Ron was great about it. He got caught yeah. up in a wreck on the last lap. But we had a chaotic last lap. I made it through. I didn't. Thir- I got a 13th place finish, and I have been bragging about it all week. Yes, you have. I didn't. Uh- Let's see. I bounced off of Ron. I then bounced off of, uh, I think it was Drew Welker and then uh, <coughs> Steve Afron and someone else. And then Michael Massey uh, clipped me in the left rear and that popped my engine. Well, it was a great night to be driving <laughs> the Don't DQ Me Bro number 21 Toyota <laughs> Racing uh, Tundra. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Don't DQ Me Bro. That was my sponsor. And uh, so we uh, we had a good time, but definitely check it out next week if you're an iRacing fan. Seth is uh, our iRacing expert. He he's he's he writes about this stuff and does a great job. And it will be on Podium Esports. Uh, we're returning there for next week and for the championship race uh, on the 28th, uh, 9 p.m. Next week we are running Super Late Models at Nashville Fairgrounds. It's our throwback weekend, mm-hmm. and then. The championship race is Indy Cars at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and Kyle Busch has already been confirmed to be entered in that race. Oh, snap. Kyle Busch races with the Kick in the Tires Monday Night Racing League. What does that tell you? That's pretty strong. Awesome. And y'all are saying that he can't win this season. He's already got a win. <laughs> he won in the Monday Night Racing yeah, League. Yeah, you know why? He came on the interview and said, because this is the only place where I'm going to be able to win a race, I guess, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, they keep, you know, they DQ him or start him in the back or penalize him or whatever. No, Kyle yeah. definitely adds a lot to it, and he's a ton of fun to have around for sure. So He is awesome. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, he, he's definitely entertaining. I remember when he was he first joined the league at Fontana in the Indy car. He made a move, and uh, somebody asked him if that was going to work. And his comment was, well, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know that, that he gets into it, and he is probably as loud as we are, because <laughs> I talked to Samantha Bush about it, and she says – He's got his setup downstairs in their basement, and she worries about Brexton being woke up by him <laughs> when he gets into these late night races. So yeah. he's into it and he enjoys it. And we really, I mean, we appreciate him coming on and racing in the Monday Night Racing League. It's really Rachel cool. does that too to me. If I'm ever racing late or doing something late and I'm too loud, she'll come barreling through this door and, like, I'm sleeping. Why are you so loud? Knock it off. Ugh. 
<laughs> Why didn't she come on the, the podcast? I've got some questions. Uh, she's playing Fortnite. Fortnite? Isn't she like 30? Uh, Makes sense. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't For, she 29? <laughs> <laughs> For everyone out there, so the inside with that Big is when we joined Kickin, uh, Jerry texted me and Rachel. Well, she, well, he texted me and he said, "Hey, what what size shirts should I get, y'all?" And I said, "Well, I'm a large, but let me go ask Rachel." And everybody in our Slack group was like, "A smart man, you know he's married, all this stuff." <laughs> but yeah and and actually the the birthday thing is i was with her on her birthday this yes, year out in california yeah she actually and uh, uh i was actually pretty bummed because i really wanted to do something special because it it was her 30th birthday um she's been it with me <laughs> yeah it was her 30th birthday and so with the whole pandemic i was i felt really bad for her like legitimately because i was just like i i don't know what i can do um but uh between you, me, uh, J Jerry, at least, and, and Rachel, like we all found a cool opportunity, and she actually got to shoot for Kim Road, who is a uh, six-time Olympian medalist with uh, shotgun shooting. So, yeah, Kim Rode, Kim Rode is a spokesperson for one of the companies that I do marketing for, and I got sent out there and uh, brought uh, Rachel on to help me out. And but I did take y'all out to dinner the night before, the kind of a quaint little restaurant in the middle of nowhere. yeah yeah no that was fun to catch up because i know we we wanted to catch up quite a bit this year and the pandemic just kind of stopped all of that so that was cool to finally catch up a bit and i brought i brought gifts i brought, I brought yeah because you would never mail these for Landers. months like, you i still need mine <laughs> <laughs> Here you are. There's a box. Here you are right before There's the show. There's a box over here. Here you are right before the show telling me I need to get my polo on. And, and Seth, go ahead and stand up a little bit. Show show how much of your, your kick and polo you have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. just a black shirt? It's just a black shirt. It's a black shirt. I can't see it. I thought it was the kicking shirt. Okay, so Seth. Well, me. I don't, I don't know why. You blew Seth. your cover. Why do you say anything? But I'll get you one by next week. Well, what happened was that's what he told he us for weeks. To me <laughs> at Daytona. Well, what happened was you were supposed to give it to us at Daytona, uh, and when I got there, uh, you had explained that they messed up and for some reason it they didn't have it uh, or you didn't have it. It was at your place back in Texas. Right, and, they they well, messed up the logos, and I wasn't yeah. happy. Yeah. And and trust me, Zach has been through this. Zach has been through this where they put the logo on the wrong side of the oh shirt, and I lost my <laughs> well. Oh yeah, so I had five hundred dollars worth of logoed material that's still in the kick in the tires camper that has the logo on the right hand side rather than the left hand side, and I won't. I, won't, I use it as giveaways or. Or you know rags for when I change the oil in my car, oh, because we just can't have that. I mean, these are nice shirts, nice jackets. They did it to our jackets. They did it to our. Hmm. I mean, you name it, they screwed it up bad. And then this other company that I switched to, they messed up the first time, and but they made it. It looks pretty good on Justin, so uh, so oh, I like uh, I, I like what it looks like. So well, well, what <laughs> I was going to say is. Uh, also, I remember the business card had an uh, incorrect phone number. So, oh, uh, just about everything that could go wrong for me. No, I, was it a phone number or was it uh, a phone was number? It, or did phone they number? put okay. kickinthetires.com? No, well, that, that's happening. Uh, I had a uh, paint scheme designer do that. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, that's, that's ha that happens uh, all the time. Not for Paul, the longest. Though, uh, well, for the longest, uh, SMI. Speedway Motorsports had us as kickingthetires.com. And, and that's I'm like, when you hey. wanted us in press conferences to say kickingthetires.net. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, kickingthetires.net. Oh, it took Vegas years yeah, because... to get our last name right because especially, well, they knew how to spell Rachel's maiden name, Rachel Myers. That's pretty straightforward. But man, Schuler, it took them years to get it right. They don't got my name right. Zach, yeah, Katia's get... already. I mean, I can't yeah. they get my that, first... I'll be honest. They get my first name wrong. <laughs> Your first Zach. Yeah. Well, well, let me guess with a K. A, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say that that one's pr I'm sure is pretty common to get with a K because yeah. it's a 50-50 toss they, up there. Yeah, 
they sleep on the first name and only focus on the last one. And they make them, and they screw up the first one too. Well, I guess that's about it for tonight here. Like I said, this is the third episode of the show. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, I will get your shirt out to you, Seth. Um, do I owe anybody else anything that I need to, you know, I mean, I've kind of gotten this room organized now. And, you know, I keep my office organized, but this room is a new creation for me. Um, I had to beg my wife to set the sim up and all the posters and everything. So, uh, so this is new. So, so we're, we're, we're changing, we're advancing. I had to get the guest bedroom, uh, you know, the guest bed out of here. Uh, I had to throw the cats out. So, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, if I owe anybody anything, please let me know. What do we got? We got next week. Zach's going to report back uh, to us from, uh, from Bristol that we've got you guys going to be uh, pulling some shenanigans to get into Las Vegas. Then I'm going to Talladega. And, and then, oh, I don't care. At this point, it doesn't matter. And then uh, I guess I'm going to Charlotte. After Charlotte, what's uh, what's next? Kansas. I believe it's so, Kansas uh, and Talladega. Cat, can't no Talladega then Kansas. Can't Talladega, no then Talladega, Kansas. Talladega, Charlotte then Kansas. Yeah. And then Texas, Martinsville, Phoenix. Uh, Martinsville, Phoenix. Yeah. So and I'll be in Phoenix for the finale. Maybe Justin will be in Phoenix for the finale. But yeah. I just found out that I get a free flight from Houston to Laughlin, Nevada, and I'm going to drive back to Phoenix uh, so that I don't have to pay for my, my flight. Ooh. Thank nice. you, Harris. Yeah. <laughs>